how do influential women think and what sets them apart from any other woman? That is the topic that we are going to be talking about today. Welcome to another episode of the Influential Woman podcast. This is Trish Jones and this is the podcast for women about women empowering and equipping you to rise up and take your place of influence in life and business. Hey, this is Trish Jones and I want to welcome you to another episode of the Influential Woman podcast. And today we're going to be talking about the hallmarks of the influential woman and how the influential woman thinks, because I believe that influential women think differently. I believe that every woman has the potential to be an influential woman and it all comes down to the way that you think. But first of all, before I go into how influential women think, let me talk about the four hallmarks that I refer to of the influential woman. The first hallmark is that she's confident. She exudes confidence. And when I say exudes confidence, I'm not talking about brash and outlandish and extroverted, etc, etc. You can be a quiet, influential woman, but you are quietly confident. People know your yeses, they know your noes, and you know who you are. So an influential woman is confident in that she knows who she is and she owns her voice. Number two, the influential woman inspires. So she lives and creates and serves from her heart. Okay, so this is somebody who likes to help other people. Um, She needs to get things done and she inspires people to actually get them done. The other thing is influence, which is kind of akin to inspire, but she's an influencer. And so she gets things done with passion, right, through others, for others. And the for others there is the operative word. So this is selflessness that she displays. And the uh, finally, number four is she is dedicated to service and leaving a legacy. So if you were to take those four hallmarks, right, I could literally take them and overlay them on top of somebody who is an entrepreneur. But this is the key that I want to talk about. Right. When I am talking about an influential woman, I am talking about someone who is entrepreneurial in nature. And no, I don't mean that they want to create a big, massive empire and they want to be a multimillionaire and they want to own the boats, the cars and and the, the display things of being an entrepreneur. What I'm trying to say is that all of those things come off the back end of the reason why the influential woman does what she does. And I believe that is so true also of entrepreneurs. They have a big why, a big reason that they do what they do. And then all of the wealth and everything else comes off the back end of that. Now, yesterday, my friend was laughing and she said to me, I'm so glad that you didn't do that because I was so frustrated yesterday, right? I literally wanted to create a video to say that, you know, people come online and they, uh, in some of the groups that I belong to on Facebook, you know, they want to, they say they want to become entrepreneurs. And really what they want to do is just make a shed load of money. And they see in some of the forums I'm in, you know, that some people are making six figures per month, right? So they're making millions per year. Some of them are making 10K per month, uh, 20 and, and so on and so forth. And they see that and they say, 
I want to be able to do this. And then when they've tried for a couple of weeks and it doesn't work, they say it doesn't work. This is a fraud. It doesn't. Um, uh, I'm not going to make any money from this. Or they come online and they complain. I haven't got any money. I don't have a product. How am I going to get out there, etc., etc. Now, if you went to your boss at work and said, I don't like this job. It's not earning me enough money. Um, I want better perks, etc. Your manager would show you the door. But yet people come online and they say they want to be entrepreneurs and they literally start acting like what I call disgruntled employees. And the reason I emphasize the disgruntled employees, because where I worked in corporate, there were a lot of great employees there who didn't take the view this is their company and so I don't care um, how I work. They put their maximum, they're all in because they took the view that the goodness of the company benefited them. And so in my view, there are employees who actually think like entrepreneurs. But then there are those employees who really need to consider that McDonald's is hiring right now. And I'm sorry, I shouldn't, I shouldn't have said employees. I meant entrepreneurs, the people who say they are entrepreneurs and all they do is complain and moan about everything that has gone wrong. Honestly, McDonald's is hiring right now and these people need to maybe go think about getting a job from McDonald's. And I know that sounds really harsh, right? But what I'm saying is if you just want to make money, there are loads of jobs out there where you can just go and have no responsibility apart from the job that you're given to do and do it and come home again. But if you want to be influential, if you want to be entrepreneurial, it means that you have to take massive responsibility. And why do you have to take massive responsibility? Because there are people out there relying on your gift, relying on your talent, relying on your calling, relying on you to become who they should become. And that is why I believe that an influential woman is set apart from any other woman who just takes the view that her job is just to go home, go to work, sorry, uh, um, earn an income, come home, put food on the table, you know, read a little bit of a novel before she goes to bed and then goes to bed and she sleeps. On the other hand, the influential woman all the time is thinking, I spoke to so-and-so today and this is what they really need. I can see their pearls. I can see their potential. How do I get those pearls out? How do I pull that potential out of that person? It's a responsibility. It's a responsibility to serve as well as be served. So I'm not talking about influential women being a walkover, right? We are not walkovers, but we have this passion and it's kind of like a do or die thing. So even when things aren't going fantastic, even when the money is draining and people are saying to you, go and find a job. And I'm speaking from experience here. And you think to yourself, I could go and find that job, but I would probably die because I'm not doing what I'm supposed to be doing. Right. And I don't mean die a death, die inside, because that passion, that that passion that is inside of me to see other people grow, to see women rise up and take their place of influence in life and business. It's a passion in me that cannot be quenched. The only thing that's going to quench that passion, whether well, two things Number one is that I got to go do it, <laughs> right? So number one is that I've got to, 
I've got to fulfill my purpose because that passion in me will not let me sit down. Number two is when my life is extinguished. Then it's all over. Then I'll have my um, my crown anyway of glory. Right. But uh, up until that time, I just have this insatiable passion. And the only way to satisfy my insatiability, is that even a word? I don't even know. I don't really care either. <laughs> but the only way to uh, uh, satisfy that hunger is to actually get my message out there. And to get my message out there, I literally have to find my voice. I have to know who I'm serving. I have to know why I'm serving them. And um, if you go back to podcast number one, I think it's podcast number one or is it number two? One or the other. I think it's number two where I told my story. Number two where I told my story. You will understand why I'm so passionate about the influential woman and helping women rise up and take their place of influence in life and business. And um, I would also dare say that the influential woman has a story because behind that big why why she is doing what she is doing, there is a story to be told and it normally includes some level of pain that she has experienced and that's what makes her so passionate about doing what she's doing. So I won't give my whole story here. As I said, you can go back to episode number two and listen to my story there. But uh, for me, I was raised with my grandparents, really happy home. Um, and at 15 years old, I came home and discovered that my grandmother had been murdered in our home by a family friend. I found out much uh, many years later that family friend happened to be my biological father because I didn't know who my biological father was. In fact, I thought my dad, who I call my dad now, was my father. And when I was about 10, I discovered that he wasn't my biological father. And... Um, uh, not only that, when I was in my teens, I was abused by a non-family uh, member. I have to stress that every single time, right? Because people, you start saying you're abused and the first person they look at is who's in the home, etc., etc. But this was a non-family member. And um, the pain that I went through with holding that secret back for so many years and just having a conversation with God about what had gone on and the shame that I felt and everything else I literally felt that my life was over at times that I had no purpose uh, and yet I would go to college and then when I started work there was something inside of me that I knew was much more than just picking up my salary at the end of the month I knew that there there was something more in me that I was required to do but I literally thought that my purpose died with the abuse um, because I felt um, responsible um, I felt um, used you know everything that you feel when you've been abused by somebody right I felt that but then one day God spoke to me and um, again I'm not going to go through the whole story here um, but he told me that I had to tell my husband uh, what had happened. You know, you kind of think that, uh, you know, when people say that God spoke to you, you know, that this bright light came and he said, you know, I love you. He did tell me he loved me, actually. Um, but this happened over a number of weeks. But on this very first, um, uh, not even conversation, because it kind of went like um, 
you're not happy, are you? And I wasn't happy. I wasn't happy because I constantly kept taking myself back to what had happened to me and I constantly kept beating myself up. And this is where God first dealt with me, you know, to stop beating myself up. And it was like if I shared it with my husband, then I wouldn't feel this burden that, oh, my gosh, you know, one day he's going to find out, et cetera, et cetera. So, um, uh, again, that's a whole nother story. Go and listen to episode two and you'll hear my story there. But I'm just saying that the influential woman invariably has a story. And behind that story, there is a level of pain. And with that pain comes the passion. That is what brings out the passion is the pain. And that's what the big why is about, why we have to do what we do. And so one of the things that I do is I encourage and help and support influential women to get their story out there and so it does include bringing it online and that's why you need the entrepreneurial element of being influential because you need to get your message out there you need to know who you're speaking to um, because you know not everybody is going to resonate with my story but not everybody has to be an abused person or had murder in their family in order to identify with my story. And um, you just got to know the segment of people that you want to speak to. And for me, my segment is those women who want to be an influence. And let me just take Michelle Obama, right? I've not read her book. I had it for Christmas a couple of years ago, uh, Becoming. And I've read snippets of it and I've heard little bits of her story. Love her or hate her, right? I really don't care. Um, Michelle Obama is going out to young, mainly um, black girls and basically telling them you can because this is where I was. This is what I went through. I ended up in the White House when they said you're not going to get a black man in the White House, let alone a black woman. And with all of the abuse that she endured by the media and even after she'd gone, the, the, the horrible things they said about her. She wants to make sure that young girls understand that somebody else does not own their destiny, that when they take control of their destiny, when they take control of who they are, when they know who they are, no one can stop them getting where they want to go. So that is the message in a nutshell. And I'm not saying I've got it perfectly, but that is the message that I see Michelle Obama putting out. My question to you is, what is your message? What story does your message come from? And how are you going to get your message out there to the people that you are called to serve? And it doesn't have to be women, right? I know that, you know, some people have this thing that women have to serve women. It doesn't have to be women. Um, it could be that you were homeless once and you want to help homeless people. It could be that, you know, you've got a child with special needs and you want to support other couples who have children with special needs. It could be that, you know, um, 
you were really broke once and you learned how to manage your money in such a way on the small that you had until it grew and became really, really big. And you want to help couples who think that there is no way out of getting themselves out of this money trap. It might well be that you've learned a skill when you were younger that maybe people didn't take seriously or you didn't take seriously. You took it for granted because it was so easy for you. And let's say you draw and you draw really, really well. And every time people look at your drawings, they go, oh, my gosh, that really inspires me. And I um, and I see this, this and this, something that you may not even have considered when you painted that picture, right, or drew that drawing. But somebody else saw it in there. And so what are you doing? You're inspiring somebody else to feel happy. Let me tell you, that's a message. And I'm telling you, it's a message for today because there are so many people who are not happy, who are relying on somebody else for their happiness. And so if it means that you can change somebody's life by your paintings, by your drawings, you can make a difference in their life, then that to me as well is a message. And you might say, but Trish, where's the pain in that? The pain in it might be that you knew that there is something more about your drawings than you just drawing them and, and putting them away. And the pain of knowing what to do, pain's over. Because the pain, that the, the pleasure is now getting and drawing those things, enjoying the drawing, putting your creativity into it, putting your, your you into it. And then you can go sell those paintings and put a smile on somebody else's face. So don't complicate this stuff, right? We want to complicate things and we want to go the 10 steps to finding your purpose, you know, the 10 steps to being fulfilled. You know what the, the one step is? The one step is going with your flow, right? That is sometimes what um, the issue that we have is that we turn off the stop tap, as it were. Right. Do you guys in America call it stop taps? Yeah. If I'm speaking to English people, you know what I mean. Right. If you have a pipe going from your cistern of your toilet down to the uh, mains pipe, as it were. Right. There's a little um, it could be a, a handle that you turn or it could be a screwdriver and you can literally turn off the flow so that the uh, cistern doesn't get filled up anymore. And that's what we do. Sometimes we turn off the flow by complicating things. Don't complicate this. If you're passionate about something, start there. Pursue your passions. And I know some people will say, well, that's not the way to do it. If you're passionate about something, right, and you start moving in that direction, at least you're moving. If you want to make change in your life or somebody else's life, you've got to move. When you start moving, you might find that that thing that you're passionate about, you just prefer to do it quietly and, and you don't want to make a business out of it. You don't want it to be your mission and that's fine. But in moving forward, you are more likely to find that thing that you are supposed to do and it will encompass using your gifts and your talents, right? So... Um, it generally speaking is something that you find you find easier than somebody else. I find speaking easier than most people, right? Um, I, I, in fact, actually, my husband would tell me, you love the sound of your own voice. You love talking. <laughs> yeah, maybe I do. Someone said to me very recently, you know, um, uh, actually, no, someone said to me, 
some years ago, you know, I see people getting up on the platform and, you know, they want to be on that platform. And uh, that's not me, you know, I don't want to do that. And I said to somebody else the other day, you know, look, it's not everybody who wants to be up on stage, but you give me an opportunity to be up on stage and give me that microphone. And I am in my element. I wasn't at one point because I was so afraid I wanted to do it. See, this is the thing that I'm talking about, the pain that sometimes is associated with your reason why or the thing that you want to do. I wanted always to be speaking on stage ever since I was young. But the fear of getting up there and then you've got to look at the reasons behind the fear. But that aside, you know, I said to somebody, you know, hey, you know, I know that some people will complain and say, oh, you know, so and so just wants to get up on stage. But I said, you give me the stage and a microphone and I am in my element. And if you've got a problem with that, take it up with Jesus. Right. I'm not I'm not going to argue with anybody because I like to be on stage because I like to talk because that's the gift that God has given me. And I don't just talk for talking sake. I like to inspire when I speak to people one to one. People say to me, gosh, Trish, you're so inspiring. I like talking to you. I know someone right now who is going through a real big problem with depression. And the person rang me the other day and said, I only like talking to you because every time I talk to you, I don't know why I feel so much better. And, you know, this person can't speak to a professional. They actually went to a professional for help and felt that the professional was no help. So anyway, I'm not here to to brag right about myself. I am here to say that if that's you and you have that passion and you love doing that thing, don't let somebody else tell you that you shouldn't enjoy doing it. Right. I was raised believing that as a Christian, that God was going to send me somewhere in outer Mongolia where I was going to be living amongst uh, snakes and spiders and, you know, where I would have, you know, just leaves as a covering. Listen, even when I go camping. Right. Someone said to me the other day, oh, gosh, I could never go camping. It's cold. I said, cold. You must be kidding. I said, not only do I have we have an internal tent that goes inside the tent. I said, we have a sleeping bag and I take my duvet camping with me. And I remember the first time my husband and I went camping and I came back and told the people I was working with that we took our duvet camping. And they were like, what? You took your duvet? I said, listen, we didn't ever get cold. We uh, um, zipped the two sleeping bags together so that we weren't in individual sleeping bags and put the duvet over us. We were warm, toasty warm, baby. So learn to do your thing, to get in your flow, not somebody else's. So you know what? To get in your flow as well means that you've got to stop looking at what other people are doing and also what other people are saying about you. So going back to what I was saying, I am encouraging women to find their flow, find their voice and maximize their potential through their story. So what I want you to do is I want you to go to theinfluentialwoman.com and on that page on that site you will see that I have an ebook called The Hidden Power of Your Voice. It's free to download and all you've got to do is put your name and email address in the form on the site and it will be delivered directly to your email inbox. And in it I outline the framework of the influential woman 
So it starts off with the hallmarks, the four hallmarks that I've spoken to you about today. And then it talks about her story and how she can get her story out there. So it's broken down into three segments, basically, her hallmarks, her story and her mission. So go and grab a copy of the pink print and start thinking about those things that you have been put into one side. You may have thought that they're not as grandulous. And again, that's another word I've just made up as, as somebody else's. Um, gifts and talents. Enjoy your gift. Let your gift be a gift to you from God, but also a gift to other people from you. So that is the end of today's episode. If you've enjoyed that, please go and do a review on iTunes of the Influential Woman podcast. Remember to subscribe and also go download the Influential Woman pink print. Until next time, keep the dream alive. Ciao for now.